Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Okay, let's, let's get into this. Here's what I want to talk about today. Giving our best when it matters the most. Giving our best when it matters the most. Now, let me tell you where this word comes from. Back at the beginning of the year, Pastor George started a little mini-series called The Beginnings. And as he was bringing that word, uh, I was so encouraged and blessed by so many of the things that he was saying. And I just sat there listening and just really built up in what he was saying. But one morning, as I was listening to him bring The Beginnings series, here's what I felt Holy Spirit dropped in my heart. As wonderful as beginning is, finishing is more important. As wonderful as the beginning is, and we've started this year, and we've started this year great. We're going pretty good. We're going pretty strong. But as wonderful as the beginning is, finishing is that much more important. And I not only want to, come on now, I don't only want to just begin good, I want to finish stronger. I want to finish good. I want 20. 23 to be a year where I give my best when it matters the most. Now, all of us are honest enough to say that sometimes that beginning thing is a little challenging. It's hard to get the motor running. Hard to How many of you like Pastor on sometimes you deal with a little bit of spirit of procrastination? Some of you are saying, "Yeah, I deal with it, but I'll put my hand up later." <laughs> We deal with a little bit of a spirit of procrastination, hard to get going. Now, that's not always a problem. It is a psychological defect called Monday. (laughs) It's just sometimes hard to get going. And again, it's not a character flaw. It's just something that we deal with. Now, one of the reasons I can, with confidence, say that it's not a character flaw is because there are a lot of what I call discouragers and demotivators out there. Things that, that we, our, our intentions are good. We want to get going right away. We want to get moving. But, man, we put our feet on the floor. We flip on the news and, boom, discouragers and demotivators hit us right by, between the eyes, like the fear of the future. What's going to happen in 2023? Well, that's a big question mark, is it not? What's going to take place? And as I look back over the past couple of years, and I think about the past couple of years and what's going on now, I say, oh, no big deal. The only thing we dealt with over the past two years was a worldwide pandemic. Not really a big deal. Is that going to happen again? Well, you know, COVID signs look like they're coming up again, possibly. I don't know, but the fear of the future. Then there's the second one that I have listed here, uncertain direction. But you know, guys, as I look at the world we're living in, I would say we don't just have uncertain direction, we have no direction. There's an absence of leadership. Mm, 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 mm. There's an absence of leadership on Capitol Hill. Come on, somebody. There's some great leaders up there. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying we not only have uncertain direction, there are times we have no direction. Then there's unfamiliar circumstances. I've I've been here before. I didn't do that great. I want to do better this time, but I wonder how I'm going to navigate these waters 
that I'm walking through. And so we find ourselves being in very unfamiliar circumstances. Number four is a real, real biggie today. Values conflict. There are conflicting values every step you take. And you know what I have found? Here's the problem. We disagree. And this group disagrees with this group. And not only are we disagreeing, we're mean about it. If you don't agree with me, you're intolerant. If you don't agree with me, you're not nice. If you don't agree with what I'm saying, then you, are, you have no compassion and no understanding. And they, these values conflict, or let me say it this way, these conflicting values with all these voices, how many of you know sometimes we got to quiet those voices? Get thee behind me, Satan, come on somebody. We got to quiet the voices because they're all over the place and they come at us with a spirit of intimidation. Again, if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. Something's wrong with you. You're mean. You're intolerant. Hey, let me tell you how to deal with intimidation. Can I tell you how to deal with it? Huh? Can I, can I tell you how to deal with intimidation? Well, I'm going to tell you too. And everybody, let me say it one more time. Can I tell you how to deal with intimidation? Ah, and I love you now. When I was a junior in high school, we played Robert E. Lee High School in basketball with the world-famous Wiley Peck. He went on to Mississippi State nine years with the San Antonio Spurs. And right before we played Lee High School, I had a pretty good game. So we're going into that game, and I'm going to face the world-famous Wiley Peck. I go out to center court, and there's Wiley Peck standing there, six foot seven, 40-inch arms, and he looked down at me with his very white voice and said, you ain't scoring no points tonight. <laughs> Show you right. You know what I did? I looked at him, and I did this right here. I went... I said, you crack me up. Now, the question is, Pastor Ron, did you get any points? I had 17. Whoa, 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 whoa. By halftime. Why is it that I can look at intimidation and laugh, laugh in the face of intimidation? Here's why. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, or principalities, or things present, or things to come, or anything like any other creature shall separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I laugh in the face of intimidation. So we don't only just disagree, we quit agreeing, man. We just, we quit agreeing. Why? Values. Conflict. Now, as I said a minute ago, that's a discourager and a demotivator. What does it do? It holds us back. And that's not how God wants us to live. He wants us to live on mission. He wants us to live on assignment. He wants us to live on purpose. He wants us to live with passion. How many of you love being around somebody that's full of passion? Man, it's just encouraging to you. And that's how God wants us to live. Now, Here's the deception of the day. I will have more passion when I feel better about myself. No. I will have more passion when I learn my identity in Christ. 
When I learn who I am in Jesus, I will have more passion. You know, I can have all the self-help books that are out there and the shelves are filled with them. Guess what? They don't work. They don't work. And now I'm not saying don't read something that can make you better. Not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is just a self-help book on its own without me understanding who I am in Jesus, it's not going to stir up any passion. And evidence of that is Romans chapter 15. That's where we're going to camp out for a little while. Romans chapter 15 is like, I guess I would call it Paul's mic drop moment. It's like Paul's last word on maturity. And he kind of comes in. Have you ever been around someone that they've got to get in the last word? Husbands, look right up here at me right now. <laughs> huh? You're in a conversation and they just got to get the last word in. Mamas are like that, are they not? Is, was your mama like that? Go clean your room. What did you say to me, Ronald Adrian? I didn't say nothing. <laughs> Got to get that last word in. Well, Romans chapter 15 is kind of like that. It's Paul's mic drop moment on the subject of maturity. And here's what he says. He says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the, here we, here we go, same attitude of mind toward each other. Now, you're going to see this theme right here over and over and over again as we go through this this morning. Give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give you the same mind toward each other that Jesus had toward others also. Now, let me give you the context of Romans chapter 15. A little bit of teaching here. Here we go. The context. It all begins with this phrase right here, in view of God's mercy. How many of you will agree with me that outside of God's mercy, I am toast? Just ain't gonna work. Without the mercy of God, I am deep six. You're out of here, bub. The ground's hogs are bringing you mail. Picking turnips on a stepladder. The high heat, the big gas, no tomorrow row. It's over. I would love to be sitting in the translation booth right now. <laughs> this is the foundation. Everything springs from God's mercy. But look at the context as we build towards Romans 15. First of all, I look up Romans chapter 12. I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. Then, because I'm transformed, I start to live up. Romans chapter 13, I am obedient to the authority that is over me. I raise the standard of my life. And because I raise the standard of my life, then, Romans chapter 14, I grow up. I am an ambassador in God's kingdom. I am a representative of Jesus Christ. Then, because of that, I don't just grow up. Come on now, Romans chapter 15, I stay up. How many times do we find ourselves really wanting to get off that spiritual roller coaster? The ups and the downs. And we want to grow up, not only grow up, but we want to stay up. And so we look up, we live up, excuse me, we grow up, and we stay up. All right, here's the question that I've got to ask you. How do we do it? How do I go from here to here? Here it is right here. 
Romans chapter 15, verse 1. Let's break it down. Now, pay real close attention to the words that are broken down, or underlined rather, or highlighted here. We're going to read through it, and then we're going to come back and talk about these words. Is that okay? You're catching on. Here we go. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good. Look at the theme that I told you we're going to see. We neighbors, each other, over and over and over again. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up, for even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, I love this phrase right here, the insult, you're going to love it when we get to it too, man. The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Oh, you're going to like that. It's going to set you free. That spirit of condemnation that the enemy tries to beat you up with, that sets you free. That spirit of accusation that the enemy tries to beat you up with, that's going to set you free. That, that fear of failing that the enemy tries to beat you up with, that's going to set you free. We're not there yet, so go ahead and say this. Hurry up and get there, Pastor Ron. Hold your horses. Here we go. It starts off right here. We, we, get this in your spirit. It is not about me. It is about we. Not about me. It's about we. The minute I get my eyes off of myself and I get my eyes on the body of Christ, I get my eyes on the kingdom of God, I get my eyes on Alachua County, my level of maturity begins to grow. Why? It's not about me, it's about we. And when I begin to understand that, maturity begins to take place in my life. I begin to go from just looking up to growing up. Because now I'm not, here we go, I'm not serving myself, I'm serving the kingdom of God. And everything that comes with that is absolutely gorgeous, and I'm going to prove it to you in just a few minutes. It's not about me, it's about we. Now understand this, we cannot have we without diversity. And you know what? Sometimes diversity scares us because they're different than I am. They don't look like me. They don't talk like me. They don't act like me. And that diversity scares us. But listen to Pastor Ron this very moment. Without diversity, all we have is uniformity. Everybody looks the same. Everybody acts the same. Everybody talks the same. Everybody believes the same. All we have, you know what that is? That is homogenized. And heaven is not homogenized. Well, one person got it. Why don't the rest of you get it and give Jesus praise? Hey, is Miss Chris in here? Over the past, I don't know, a couple of months, me and Miss Chris have had some great conversations. Black lady, white man. Did I say that right? Black, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I started to say something that was wrong. Black lady, white man. We've had some great conversations of the difference of black culture, white culture. Some good, have we had fun? We laughed and we made fun of that, that whole idea, the two ideas. Not in a, in a derogatory way, we just laughed because it's different. And we've had these conversations about black, white culture 
white culture. And we walked away saying, wow, that's really different. And she walked away from me saying, wow, that's really different. But we walked away loving the same Jesus. You see, we is not going to happen without diversity. Here we go. We who are strong. The word strong there in the Greek language is where we get our word maturity. We who are maturity. One translation says this, we who do not fight. How many of you know it's time for the body of Christ to quit fighting with each other? We do not fight. What do we not fight about? Well, Paul says in another translation, we listen to me now, we don't fight over disputable things. We don't fight, well, what, then what do I do, Pastor Ron? I stand for those things that are indisputable. What are they? Jesus is Lord. He was born of a Virgin Mary. He walked on the face of the earth for 30 years of sinless, perfected life, died on a cross, ascended to be at the right hand of God the Father where he is making intercession for you and I. One day he will come back for Revelation 19.7 for a bride who has made herself ready. That is indisputable. It's going to happen, baby. It's just going to happen. But I got people that will argue with me over what the fifth bowl of wrath in the book of Revelation is. Who cares? I've got a wonderful, wonderful Greek word for that person, balonos. Why am I going to fight over disputable things? Now, I'm not saying don't have convictions. You know that. I'm not saying don't have your own personal theology. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is why are we wasting our time with these petty arguments when the kingdom of God needs to be strengthened by the people of God and there's a lost and dying world out there that is dying and going to hell why we argue over petty issues. Mm. I, I told you once, I'm going to tell you again, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Okay. Here we go. Let's have some more fun. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not, look at this phrase, please ourselves. What does that mean? It means this. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says this, when I judge myself truly, I am not judged. But when I judge myself improperly, I come under judgment. Now, why does Paul say that? Anytime I judge myself, what am I going to do? I'm going to give myself a break. I'm going, to, I'm going to justify my actions. I'm going to say, it's not my fault. I'm going to find an excuse. Not my fault. Tom made me do it. Not my fault. My it's my coach's fault. It's my mama's fault. It's my dog's fault. I, it's, it's not my fault. And anytime I judge myself, that's what begins to take place. But look at what it says. But anytime I allow God to judge me, I stay away from judgment except for the judgment of God, and his judgment is righteous. Come on, somebody. His judgment is righteous. Now, let's keep reading. For each of us, make sure I didn't leave anything out there. I didn't. Here we go. For each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up, for even Christ did not please himself. I told you you're going to love this. But as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. There is not one 
insult that can be thrown at you that has not already been thrown at Jesus. Therefore, you're free from it. There is not one accusation that could come against you that has not already come at Jesus. Therefore, you're free from it. There is no spirit of condemnation that could ever come at you that Jesus has not already dealt with it. So what happens? That means this. That means, come on now, you are free and free indeed. Now, what that also means is it doesn't need to come out of my mouth towards somebody else. It doesn't need to come out of my mouth towards somebody else. If I'm free from it, they're free from it, because Jesus is no respecter of person. He died for everybody in this room so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Mm, y'all going to make me preach. Don't you love to be free, man? Don't you love the freedom of Christ? The enemy hurls his nasty stones, and what comes up to guard you is the shield of faith. Come on. Come on. All right, here we go. We love others because Jesus took the insults that were meant for you. Let's move on. 15.4. Here we go. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught through scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Look at what it says. For everything that was written in the past. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. These things happened unto them for an example unto us. I look at the Old Testament, and over and over and over again, here's what I see. I see the victories of Old Testament Israel. I see the strengths. I see the war. I see the winning. I see the losing. And what, I, what do I do from that? I learn from that. So what is that telling me? In 2023, if I want to finish better than I started, what I've got to do is I've got to be a student of the Word i got to hear what the Word says to me, man. Pastor's been preaching this for the past month. we got to get in the Word, man. we got to get in the Word. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in a little bit, but I'm just going to leave it right there. We've got to get in the Word. Now, why did Paul say this? Here's what happens. There was a time where the Jews got ran out of Jerusalem, and the Gentiles came in and took over. And then the Jews start coming back in, and here's what happens. Two worlds collide. And as a result of those two worlds colliding, they're not living, listen to me now, they're not living by the word, they're living by the tradition of men. You want to beat the tradition of man, get in the word. You want to stop the traditions of man, get in the word. And these two worlds begin to collide, and they're living by the tradition of, of their lives. It's called the book of Galatians, by the way. They get in the traditions of their life, and so what is happening is this. They're, they're, they're living by this tradition, Jewish, they're living by this tradition, Gentile, and they're disagreeing, and they could not appreciate one another for who they were. A culture of appreciation is celebrating who a person is without stumbling over who they are not. You tech people need to take a picture of that. A culture of appreciation. Well, they're not like me. They don't think like I do. They don't believe the way I do. Again, so what? I'm not going to stumble over that. I'm going to see who you are. Doesn't mean we may not disagree. Come on now. I'm going to see you for who you are and appreciate you for who you are and look back those things that might be a little different than me. And what I understand is this, the beauty of the Old Testament 
Never mind. I thought I missed a point, but I did not. Let me, let me just say it to you. You know what the beauty of the Old Testament is? Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. You know, people through the years have kind of given me a hard time because I'm an Old Testament guy. And I am. I'm an Old Testament guy. I love the Old Testament. But I don't read the Old Testament as a history lesson. I, le- I read it prophetically because everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. The first Adam walked into the garden and failed miserably. The second Adam walked into the garden and said, if there's any way this cup can pass through me, let it be so. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And went to the cross. And now we have life because he walked out of that garden victoriously. And that's what it points to. And that's what it points to. Okay, now let me give you another scripture. Here we go. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement. Say it out loud. Endurance. Encouragement. Give you. Keep reading. Give you the same. Stop. You know what I have found, and you have found this too, that I can encourage myself, but I can only do it for so long. You know, I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to build myself up. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be strong. I started this year. Man, I am going to knock it out of the park. I'm going to run five marathons. I'm going to lift weights, and I'm going to look like Sherman Merricks or Franco Gennaro or Dr. J.R. Taylor. I'm, man, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to look good. Well, because here's what I found. I'm, I'm going to encourage myself, and it's going to be really good for a little while. About the time that first slice of apple pie goes by. And then I realize I'm pretty happy being fat and sassy. It's okay. I mean, what was that you fixed at, was that New Year's, that, what was that called? That Custer thing or, huh? What what was it? That. Flim, huh? I thought you said phlegm. And I, I, think I, I thought she was trying to say flan. She said phlegm. What was it? Souffle. That was it. Man, don't you tell anybody in this room how many of those things I ate. Man, they were good. And, and I can encourage myself really good until. But when I find myself getting getting, come on now, getting encouragement from God's word and walking in it, then I give encouragement to those. How many of you love being around an encourager? You love being around an encourager? My man Duke right here. How many, how many years have I walked by you and you said, hey, big dog? Long time, 20 years. Every time I walk by Duke, he says, hey, big dog. I am not a big dog. Squealing puppy? Okay. But man, every time I hear that, there's a spirit of encouragement that comes toward me. It builds me up. It makes me feel better. Why? I love being around an encourager. And what does it do? It gives me endurance. Hey, big dog, I'm ready to go on to the next battle. Come on, baby. You can fight the good fight of faith. I'm ready to go on to the next battle, baby. I'm going to be stronger in the power of his might. But look at what it says. Here it is. He gives endurance and encouragement and gives you the same attitude of mind. 
toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Hey, how many of you remember, what did they call it, the little bracelets we used to wear? Uh, Yeah, WWJD. How many of you remember that? Are you old enough to remember that? I, I never had one of those. But I was standing in line one time at a grocery store, and I tried to stir up conversation. I think I told you this story. I was trying to stir up conversation, and there was a lady standing in front of me. And so loudly and profoundly I said, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And she said, well, I'll tell you what he wouldn't do. He wouldn't pay $10 for that thing. (laughs) Whoops. I don't know that I want us always doing everything that Jesus did. But here's what I do want. Come on now, here we go. Here's what I do want. I want to have the attitude of Jesus and serve like he did because it leads to endurance. It leads to endurance. All right, I got to wrap this thing up. Here we go. Let's apply this thing. I want to finish stronger in 2023 than I started, so let's apply this thing. Number one, how am I going to finish stronger? How am I going to stay up? I build up the body of Christ. Here it is. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. We should pl- you see the theme that keeps going throughout this entire portion of Scripture? It's not about me. It's about we. So we find ourselves pleasing our neighbors for their good. Now, I know a lot of you guys have seen this before, these birds that fly in formation. But I was walking up the walk the other day, and as I was walking up the walk, I saw a bunch of these birds in a perfect V formation. And as they were flying, I looked, and I thought about some of the lessons that we get from that. And I'm going to give you two of them. One of them is as they fly in this formation, their work load is decreased by 70%. Here's the biblical principle. You will do a whole lot more in God's kingdom if you'll quit doing it by yourself. We function better. No wonder there's a, there's a reason that God's got to encourage us. Don't be weary in well-doing. I won't be weary in well-doing if I'm leaning and working with and cooperating with the body of Christ. Hey, hey, I, I see Jamie. Is Sarah Bess over there? Okay, no worries. She shared something. Tell her I'm, I'm using her illustration. She shared something Wednesday night that really blessed me, man. She was leading worship before Pastor Jamie was teaching. And as she was leading worship, she stopped and she quoted a scripture that all of us are familiar with. And that scripture is this, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And she said as she was quoting that scripture one day, Holy Spirit spoke to her and she spoke to God actually and said, you know what God, your burden is not always light. And we can agree with that. Sometimes what we do for God in his kingdom, it's a little cumbersome. It's a little heavy. And she said, you know God, sometimes your burden it's not light. It's kind of heavy. And here's what Holy Spirit said to her. He said, Sarah, those are times that are you're working for me and not working with me. Isn't that good? Co-laborers with Christ and with each other. And you know what, guys? All we've got to do is be ourselves in the body. And then as Pastor Jamie preaches a lot, he puts us in the body where he wants us to be fit perfectly but just be yourselves. You know what the scripture says? Scripture says this, God said, I will be with you like I was with Moses. 
But it doesn't say he wants me to be Moses. He said, I'll be with you like I was with Moses, but you be yourself. Why? Here's the principle. God doesn't do encores. Everything he does is an original. So be yourself. Number two, here we go. Be yourself and be your, build yourself. I'm sorry. Build yourselves up in the word. I'm going to finish stronger in 2023 like I started because I'm going to be a person of the word. Here it is. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in Scripture and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. A couple of months ago, Pastor Hector was teaching on a Wednesday night and he gave some statistics from the Barna Research Group a group that studies Christianity, not only in America, but across the world, but gives some astounding statistics. And he gave us a lot of statistics, and I'm going to summarize them real quickly because I want you to see this. Not to discourage us, but to challenge us. You got it? Say, okay, Pastor Ron. Here's something we really need to see. 2021 survey, only 30% of the population Believe the Bible contains everything a person needs to live a meaningful life. That's astounding to me. In the United States of America, only 30% of the population believes that. You say, well, you know, that's not that bad, Pastor Ron. That's 30%. Well, that's one out of every three. Look around you right now. That's one out of every three. Now, I know it doesn't apply here because you're people of the Word. But think about what I'm saying. But it gets a little more challenging. Look at the second characteristic. 29% of the American population never, everybody say never. never. Say it one more time. Never. never, never use their Bible on their own. Well, again, we can say, well, Pastor Ron, I get that. Again, post-Christian nation, you know, there's, there's just a, we're living a nation that doesn't always follow God. Well, let me shake your tree just a little bit. For those that were surveyed that were believers, only 9% use their Bible once a week. And we wonder why there is a spirit of biblical illiteracy in the world we're living in. Don't let that seep into the rock of Gainesville. Come on, somebody. Be a person, be a man, be a woman of the Word. Number three, and I'm done. Believe in one another. Now, I know this sounds a little bit like number one, but let's take it to one more deeper step, and then I'm going to quit. Here's the verse. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Jesus said something that was astounding to me. Now, when we first kind of read through it, we just sort of read through it. But it was something that really, really shakes my tree when I stop and look at what it truly says. Here's what he says. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, how many of you are thankful for that? Raise your hand and wave at me. I will never leave you or forsake, nor forsake you. Now, when I look at that in English, it looks like it's kind of the same thing. Leave, forsake, leave, forsake, leave, forsake. It's actually not. Leave means to remove your physical presence. But it goes a little deeper when it looks, we look at the other word, forsake. It means to cut off emotional connection. What's your point, Pastor On? I can be separated from you 
and still love you. I can be separated from you and still stand with you. I can be separated from you and still pray over you. I can be separated from you and still have an emotional connection of love and appreciation for you. I haven't walked away from you or the body of Christ or the kingdom of God. We may be separated. We may not always be together. I was praying over somebody the other day on the phone. We weren't in the same room, but guess what? I was believing in faith for God to do something miraculous in their life, even though we weren't together. My dad went to Vietnam, and for a year, he was away from us, but he didn't lose emotional connection with us. My mom got a letter from my dad every day for 365 days. She got flowers on her anniversary, and he was in Vietnam. We got a reel-to-reel tape every week with his voice on it that we got to listen to. He was across the world. He left us, but he didn't forsake us. Jesus said, I'm going away, but I will send a comforter, and therefore I will be with you always. Come on, somebody. I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. Hey, there's going to be times, man, I ain't with you. I ain't with you. I ain't walked away from you. I'm praying over you. Standing in the gap with you. Why? We may not be together, but because of our appreciation and our love for one another, we bear, come on now, we bear one another's burdens. Amen? Amen. Come on, bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you, Lord, for what a wonderful privilege it's been to share the word today. Father, what a wonderful opportunity to delve deep into your word and challenge ourselves with how wonderful you are in our lives. And Father, I thank you for this wonderful group of believers that's here in this room. I thank you also, Lord, if there's someone here in this room today that's not a believer in Christ, that they will come to the revelation that we have talked about, that no matter how their year started, if it started empty, if it started lonely, if it started in pain, if it started in rejection, if it started with hurt because they don't know Jesus, that they can come to a revelation of the King of kings and the Lord of lords and accept him today, and the rest of their year will change in this very moment. The love of God will become real to them in this very moment. And so, Father, I pray over everybody in this room, believer or someone that doesn't know Christ, that we all will come to a revelation of how we can walk in the goodness of God today because he really does love us. Every head bow, every eye closed for just a moment. Not going to take but just a second. Thanks for being patient with me today and let me, let me teach the word to you. But I would really, really fall short if I didn't do what I want to do right now. And that's give you an opportunity to have your life turned around. Regardless of how your year has started. Has it started in pain? Has it started in hurt? Has it started in loneliness? Your world, your life, your year can turn around right now with one simple decision of saying, Jesus, I want to accept you as Lord and Savior. Savior and Lord. And I want to make that declaration that I want you to be Lord of my life. And all of a sudden, today, 2023, and the rest of my life will change by making 
that one simple decision. If that's you in this room this morning, give me the opportunity, the privilege, and these other wonderful people to pray with you. If that's you this morning, put your hand up right where you are, just for a moment. Yes. 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 Anybody else? Thank you so much for your honesty. Your world can change. Your world can get rocked by the love of Jesus today. Anybody else? Just going to wait a moment. All right, here's what I want to do. Jesus makes it so simple for us. Here's what he says. I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. Romans chapter 10 makes it real simple. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, and I will be born again. So we're going to pray that prayer out loud all together. Everybody in this room is going to stand with you if you raise your hands, because we're all doing it together. As we've preached a number of times, we're all members of this body loving each other. So here we go. Let's all pray out together. And if you raised your hand, all I want you to do is pray these words and mean them in your heart. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you today, and I ask you right now to forgive me of my sin. Everything I've done in the past, I want forgiveness from. And I want my life to change. And I want my life moving forward to be strong, to be mature, to be redeemed. And all that guilt of that past is to be removed. And today, I declare I want to accept Jesus as my Savior and be free and free indeed from all that guilt that I have felt. I accept you, Jesus, today as my Lord and my Savior, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, put your hands together and thank God today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.